I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. to episode 123 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today, we're reading the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 24, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the Bellas Artes by A.J. Fernandez Maduro in the Short Churchill 6x48 Vitola. And there's no description of this cigar. Uh, It's not even listed on AJ's website. So let's go on over to Cigars International and see what they have to say. A darker work of art. Let me make an obvious statement. AJ Fernandez makes great cigars. From the top quality tobaccos he grows on his farms to the strict quality controls in his factory, the entire process is well managed to ensure one thing. Great-tasting cigars with consistent performance. And while he built his empire making cigars for other brands, he has started to claim many ratings in recent years with cigars that bear his own name. Belas Artes Maduro is his most recent release and is a follow-up to the Havana Art-inspired Belas Artes Original. Up top, it applies a dark and oily Brazilian Matafina wrapper over a Mexican San Andres binder and a blend of aged Nicaraguan long fillers grown on AJ's farm in Esteli. Just like the original, each size is crafted into a slow-burning box-pressed Vitola. It's full-bodied and rich with notes of chocolate, espresso, and some sweet spice. These cigars are fantastic if you're looking for something with some power and the artwork on the box and bands is just as pleasing. Go for a box. You won't regret it. And the profile is uh, medium to full. Wrapper is Brazilian Maduro. And uh, binder Mexican filler Nicaraguan. And the Vitolas are the short Churchill 6x48. Robusto, 5.5 by 52. Toro, 6 by 54. And the Gordo, 6.5 by 58. 
That is the Bella Artes Maduro by A.J. Fernandez. let's go ahead and get back into this week's reading of the book of Matthew in chapter 24. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV, in chapter 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another, That will not be thrown down. And Spurgeon comments on verses 1 and 2. As Jesus left and was going out of the temple, his disciples came up and called his attention to its buildings. He replied to them, Do you see all these things? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. The king, having finished his first discourse in the temple, left it never to return. His ministry there was ended. As Jesus' disciples moved away with him toward the Mount of Olives, they called his attention to the great stones of which the temple was constructed and the costly adornments of this beautiful building. To them the appearance was glorious, but to their Lord it was a sad sight. His father's house, which ought to have been a house of prayer for all nations, had become a den of thieves, and soon would be utterly destroyed. Josephus tells us that Titus, the Roman general, at first tried to save the temple, even after it was set on fire, but his efforts were to no avail. At last he gave orders that the whole city and temple should be leveled, except a small portion reserved for the garrison. This was so thoroughly done that the historian says nothing was left to make visitors believe it had ever been inhabited. And back to Matthew verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Spurgeon comments on verse 3. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus' answers to these questions contain much that is still mysterious and that could only be fully understood as the events he foretold actually occurred. He told his disciples some things that related to the siege of Jerusalem, some that concerned his second coming, and some that would immediately precede the end of the age. When we have clearer light, we may possibly perceive that all our Savior's predictions on this memorable occasion had some connection with all three of these great events. And back to Matthew verse 4. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. 
For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and and then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Spurgeon comments on verses 15 and 16. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. As soon as Christ's disciples saw the abomination of desolation, that is, the Roman ensigns with their idolatrous emblems, stand in the holy place, they knew the time for them to escape had arrived, and they flee into the mountains. Someone may say, but there were Romans there before. Yes, the Romans were in possession, but the eagles and other idolatrous symbols were never exhibited in Jerusalem. The Romans were often lenient to the different people they subdued, and these symbols were kept out of sight until the last war came. But when the Jews and Christians could see everywhere those various images of Caesar and of the Roman state, which were worshipped by the soldiers, then the faithful were to flee to the mountains. No Christians perished in the siege of Jerusalem. The followers of Christ fled to the mountain city of Pela in Perea, where they were preserved from the general destruction which overthrew the unbelieving Jews. And back to Matthew verse 17. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house, and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, 
So if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in the heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And Spurgeon comments on verses 43 and 44, But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Perhaps you can imagine how eagerly the householder watches when he expects thieves. Every little sound alarms him. He thinks he hears someone at the door. Then he fancies it is someone at the window. But he is on the alert, with eyes and ears, and his whole being wide awake. So ought we to be with regard to the coming of the Lord, as watchful as if we knew that Christ would come tonight. And back to Matthew verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. 
Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces, and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And if you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at theburningbushpodcast.com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.